Today on The Verdict with Pastor John Monroe. The shepherds needed to hear, fear not, as the angel came to them. And you need to hear that. You may feel hopelessness and you may feel despair. Can I say to you in the authority of Scripture, God is saying to you today, fear not. As we come to the manger, there is hope. Welcome to The Verdict, featuring the Bible teaching of Pastor John Monroe. On that holy night of Jesus' birth, an angel of the Lord appeared to the shepherds, delivering a message of hope. That message wasn't just meant for the shepherds. It's a message meant for everyone. Today on The Verdict, we're thinking of those humble, ordinary shepherds who had the amazing privilege of being at the manger. Now, here's Pastor John Monroe to introduce today's lesson. Will you come with me to the manger? Night had fallen over Bethlehem in Judea, and in the surrounding fields, shepherds were watching over their flocks. For them, it seems another ordinary night, but events are about to happen on that most holy and memorable night that they would never forget. The Messiah is going to be born in Bethlehem, and these ordinary men, these shepherds, are going to be at the manger. What an incredible story! And a reminder to us that God uses ordinary people to reveal Himself and to transform their lives. Last time we saw that at the manger there is hope. These shepherds, because of their employment, were dirty. But we are reminded that through the sacrifice of the one in the manger, there is cleansing and forgiveness. Here is the living Word of God coming to you and to me. Luke 2 verse 8, and in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David, a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 20. I want to look at this very simply. As we're so close to Christmas, we've been thinking of the events at the manger and the personalities at the manger. We thought of Mary certainly at the manger. 
uh, we've thought of Joseph at the manger. Now we think of the shepherds who are going to come to the manger at the time, the very time of the birth of our Lord Jesus. At the manger, we're going to learn there is hope. There is hope. What was happening? God was coming to earth. Emmanuel, God with us. And we read in verse 9, not surprisingly, and they were filled with great fear. Wouldn't you be? And it is to such people that the message, the angel comes, and notice what the message is. It is not one of condemnation. It is not one of judgment. It is not a message of doom. It is a message of hope. A message of peace. Yes, a message of transformation. Notice, fear not, said the angel. For behold, I bring you good news. The gospel is good news. Good news of great joy. Not sure if I know the difference between joy and great joy, but the fact is this is a message of tremendous, indescribable joy that will be for all the people. Aren't you glad the angel said for all the people? Not just the shepherds, not just to Israel, not just a certain class of people, not to a certain nationality, but it is for all the people. You say, John, you don't know my life. Sorry for you. Life is pretty easy for you. I'm not sure how we compare one another's lives, but life is tough for all of us sometimes, isn't it? Who has not gone through difficult times? But I can say to you, whatever your circumstances, it may be very, very problematic. And from a human perspective, there may not be a solution. And you may feel hopelessness. And you may feel despair. Can I say to you in the authority of Scripture, God is saying to you today, fear not. As we come to the manger, there is hope. We sang a couple of weeks ago, joy to the world. Why? The Lord has come. Without the Lord, without that message from heaven to earth, yes, our life is totally meaningless. Our life is hopeless. Our life is despairing. We might as, as well end our life. I mean, what's the point of it all? But God is saying to us, there's hope. There is hope. This is a message I have to tell myself. This is a message I need to be reminded of, that God is saying to you and to me, come to the manger, look at Christ. For you, there is hope. There is also the manger and this is related to the first. There is salvation. What's the message? Verse 11. Why is there hope? I mean, is this just some kind of psychological trick we play on ourselves to get through life? Not at all. This is reality. Verse uh, 11. Why is there hope? For unto you is born. Think of it. Unto you. He's talking to shepherds. Not just the shepherds, but to all people, to you and me. The message is, unto you is born this day in the city of David, Bethlehem, a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Christ is on a rescue mission. As I speak to people, I, I, I think the majority of people don't understand that. If I asked average person in Charlotte, 
Why did Jesus come? Many would say, well, he came to be a great example. Yes, he is the perfect example. He's not just an example. He is the example. But the problem is, the example of Jesus is too high for any of us to keep. Do you really think you could live like Jesus? You can put on your car, what would Jesus do? Or put a little band around your wrist and try and say, well, I'm going to live as Jesus lived. I guarantee you cannot do it. Why did he come? To be a social reformer? Well, he certainly was cultural, countercultural. He advocated social change, that is right. But Jesus is much more than a social reformer. Jesus is concerned not just with the external, not just reorganizing society, not just reorganizing religion, as it were. He deals fundamentally with the heart. Why did he come? You say to be a great healer? Yes, he was a great healer. He gives sight to the blind. He could heal a leper. Most impressive of all, he could raise the dead. Ah, but he's much more than a great healer. Why did he come? To be a great teacher, he was the best teacher. He was the perfect teacher. As they listened to him, they marveled at the gracious words which proceeded from his lips. They marveled that he taught with authority and not like the scribes and Pharisees. His teaching was so brilliant that he could communicate with the youngest of children and speak to scholarly intellectuals. He was the greatest of teachers, but don't we need someone who can change us? Not just tell us what to do. We need more than a teacher. We need more than a healer. What do we need? The angel gives us the answer. Unto you is born this day in the city of David a savior. That's what we need, that Jesus comes from heaven to earth on a rescue mission. His very name, we thought of this when we thought of Joseph two or three weeks ago, is Jesus. Why? Why Jesus? For he will save his people from their sins. He comes to save. He comes to rescue us. And he comes right to where we are. The shepherds needed to hear, fear not, as the angel came to them. And you need to hear that. God is saying to you, fear not. John 3, verse 17. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, to judge the world, but that through him he might be, what? Saved. Saved, you say, well, that's an old-fashioned word, John. I don't know if it's very relevant today. Let me tell you, it's absolutely relevant. It's absolutely practical. If you don't understand that you're sinking, that you're struggling, that you cannot make it to God on your own, that you'll never get into heaven apart from Jesus Christ, you're in a very serious condition. No, we need a Savior. That's our greatest need. Yes, we need teaching. Yes, you may need healing if you've got an illness. Yes, you may need your marriage restored. Yes, you may need a good job. Yes, you may need more money in your bank. All of that may be true. And certainly our society could be organized much better than it is educationally and politically and economically and all of that. That is true. We're in a fallen world, but our greatest need is a personal need. It's the need of salvation. You need to be saved. You need your sins to be forgiven. 
And here's the message. Unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. At the manger, there's hope. I find that reassuring. I don't know about many things, but I know this, that there's hope and there's salvation. And at the manger, we must do what the shepherds do. We must bow in worship. Do you understand that Jesus says that the Father seeks worshipers? Do you realize this is the highest thing that we do to worship? You can worship at home, and I I trust you do. You can worship as you go for a walk with your dog. I, I, I hope you do. But when we come as the people of God to worship, this is our greatest privilege, to worship God. Why would we worship? Unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who's Christ, that's the Messiah, the Lord. He's the Lord, he's God. To save us, God doesn't shout instructions from heaven to us. No, he comes to us. The word becomes flesh and dwells among us. He is Emmanuel. He's not a God who's afar off. He's a God who is near. He is Emmanuel, God with us. This is a promise of God to his people. That he will not leave us. That he will not forsake us. That this God, as we come and we receive him as our Savior in Jesus Christ, and our sins are forgiven, this is a God who is with us each step of the way. This is why we're people of hope. This is why we're people of joy. This is why we have a, a supernatural strength as we look to Christ to guide us. Here he is, the long-promised Messiah, the anointed one that God himself has come. Yes, that little baby, that little baby lying in that manger, that animal's feeding trough, was God, God incarnate. There's many people who admire Jesus. There's people who come to your door and hand you a watchman tower paper and try to tell you that uh, Jesus is not God. This one in the manger is God. He is Christ the Lord. The Apostle Paul writes in Romans 9 verse 10 regarding Christ the Messiah. As he's writing to the Jewish people, he says, Christ is what? God over all, blessed forever. God incarnate. And one of the earliest, the most basic of the Christian creeds is that Jesus is Lord. He's the supreme one. He has no rivals. He has no equals. He's God. And he comes... The just dying for the unjust. The Holy One dying for unholy shepherds. The Holy One coming to die for us that he might bring us to God. He's the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by him. He's your only way of salvation. And the shepherds understood that. Notice what they did when they left. The manger, verse 20, the shepherds returned, that is, returned to the fields. I thought, yesterday when I was looking at this, I thought, I wonder what happened to the sheep? And I thought, that's a silly question. I think God can't take care of some sheep on a hillside when the shepherds leave them. I'm sure they were still there. When the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen as it had been told them. 
This is what we do, isn't it? We praise God. We encourage one another. We read the word of God together. We listen to, as we've done today, we listen to hymns and and, and songs and and psalms uh, filled with scripture and biblical truth that we can be strong so that we can return and say to God, what a great God you are. And uh, we can leave here renewed and refreshed that as we go into our homes and our streets and wherever we work, wherever God in his sovereign purposes places you, we can go there telling people that Jesus is Lord. Isn't that wonderful? Refreshed, encouraged. Luke wrote this gospel, as we know. And uh, we know from the beginning of Luke and also the book of Acts, Acts also written by um, Luke, that he did some research into it. He must have interviewed some people, and I can picture Luke interviewing one of the shepherds about these events. Uh, One one of these shepherds might have been called Eliezer, and uh, Eliezer has agreed just now, as I conclude, Uh, to tell us a bit of the story in his own words of the interview he had with Luke. Think of Luke, perhaps 30 years, 40 years after the event. He's researching, he's going to write his his gospel, and he goes. Uh, He's a trained physician. Good doctors are good at observing, they're good at listening. And he goes and he speaks to one of these shepherds. I can imagine the shepherd saying, several years ago, I was interviewed by a Dr. Luke, who was writing an account of the life of Jesus. He called it a gospel. And he wanted me to tell of that unforgettable night in the fields when I was a young shepherd. And I told him, how could I ever forget? It was the most significant event in my life. How could I forget? the angel of the Lord coming. How could I forget that majestic host singing glory to God in the highest? And Dr. Luke explained that that little baby I had seen in the manger that night many years ago was in fact the Messiah. It was true, he was the Messiah. He grew up, never committed sin, and he died on the cross, not for his own sins, but for the sins of the world. Luke explained that not only did he die on the cross, he was buried and he rose again, making it very clear to everyone that he was God, that he was risen from the dead. And uh, Luke said to me, an old shepherd, that Jesus, in fact, had come as a lamb. I know about lambs, but this one was the lamb of God, Luke said. The lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And as an old shepherd, I bowed and I received this lamb, the lamb of God, Jesus, the Christ, the Lord, who died for my sins and rose again. I received him as my savior. And as Dr. Luke was leaving, I said, Doctor, before you go, I've got one question, a question that has troubled me over the, over the years. What's that question? Said Luke. Why did the angel come to us 
that night. Of all of the people he could have appeared to, of all of the people who, had, who, have, who could have been told to go to the manger, why did he come uh, to simple shepherds like us? Uh, why didn't he, he go to the rulers? Why didn't he go to the holy men in the temple? Uh, why didn't he go to the, to the scholars? Why did he come and reveal himself to us, to someone like me? And Luke smiled and said, you already know the answer. You've given me the answer. Didn't the angel say that this one, this was good news of great joy to all the people? And that the Lord Jesus came to save shepherds. Shepherds like you, Eliezer. People like you and me. So, as an old shepherd, I want you to do what many have done. And perhaps some of you have never yet done. And say, come, Lord Jesus, and save me. You know this, he'll take away all of your sins. He'll give you hope. He'll give you salvation. And you will follow this Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, through all of life. No need to worry where he's going to lead you. His way is perfect. It may be difficult, but his way is perfect as you follow him. And for those of you who have received Christ, will you rededicate your life to this one who came, Emmanuel, to seek and to save the lost? Father, we thank you for this message. We thank you for your love that goes to shepherds, ordinary men, as it were, people like us, with their struggles, with their fears, with their failures, goes to all the people. And so I pray for each person here, for our children, our students, adults, that you'll open our eyes, that we once again will see the beauty of Jesus, the Messiah, the Savior, Emmanuel, the Lord from heaven, and bow and adore him and worship him and love him with all of our hearts. In Christ's name. This is The Verdict with Pastor John Monroe and a message titled The Worshiping Shepherds. If you'd like to revisit any part of our lesson, remember you can do that by going to our website at theverdict.org. Today's message is a powerful reminder of the hope and peace that Jesus Christ offers to the whole world. And to help you continue learning about that joy and peace, John has written a booklet titled Eternal Security, Finding Certainty in a Chaotic World. John answers very real questions you may have about salvation, sin, and what it means to be truly secure in God's grace. So request your free copy of the Eternal Security Booklet today by mail or download when you visit theverdict.org. And while you're on our website, you'll also have the opportunity to play an important part in what God is doing through The Verdict by making a donation of any amount. Your support makes it possible to share God's Word with new listeners in your community and around the world, and to continue this gospel ministry into the new year. You can easily give whatever amount you feel led to by visiting theverdict.org, or send a check in the mail to The Verdict, Care of Calvary Church, 5801 Pineville Matthews Road, Charlotte, North Carolina, 28226. 
We also invite you to join us for Sunday morning worship here at Calvary Church, home of The Verdict, or join us remotely through our live stream. Again, visit theverdict.org for more details. Now, here's Pastor John Monroe. Well, what's your verdict? Have you been to the manger? Not only to the manger, but to the cross, as the manger leads to the cross. Did you listen to the old shepherd who recounted his story to Dr. Luke for his gospel? I'm sure that Luke interviewed one of the shepherds and explained that the little baby was the Lamb of God, who as a man voluntarily gave his life as a ransom on the cross. This Christmas season, will you bow humbly, repentantly, and look to the Lamb of God, who alone will give you salvation. Thanks for joining us today on The Verdict. I'm Michelle Davies. Today's program with Pastor John Monroe was produced and sponsored by Calvary Church in Charlotte, North Carolina.